Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Feel Strong builds and rebuilds committed people without wasting time or compromise. We aim to bring education, mentorship, and inspiration to clients, coaches, and anyone who believes that fitness can be more than abs. It can mean true freedom. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock. Today, we are talking consistency and compliance, and not maybe in the way that you're thinking we're going to. We are not going to give tips and tricks on being more consistent and being more compliant. I'll have to adjust the title of this one to make sure that that's clear, because I don't want it to be a trick. What I'm interested in is sort of looking at it as a coach, as a programmer, as someone who works with gym owners, who talks to people who write big group template programs for the world. Why aren't people being consistent and compliant with your program? Let's not assume that it's something wrong with every person on the planet because the vast majority of people either are having or have had trouble with being compliant difficulty with consistency. And we have some extra insight into this because I get to spend time not only working with my own clients, with Feel Strong clients, but I get to talk to other coaches who work one-on-one with clients. I get to talk to coaches whose job is to coach other coaches. I get to talk to coaches whose job is to coach other gym owners who also have a staff of coaches. And at every level, at the person who writes programs for people, all the way up to the person who is trying to mentor and help the gym owner to create a successful business, develop staff, change everybody's life. Gym owner, staff, client. Every single person I talk to, the coach in this situation, the coach who is trying to apply the program, apply the mentorship, apply the education, help lead someone toward their results, We hear over and over and over again that compliance is their biggest problem. And we think, if that's true, it's probably not everyone else's fault. This is not an attack on the coaches. We are a coach. We have absolutely done everything we're going to talk about in this episode. At least probably. We're not there yet. But these are normal challenges that I think it's very useful to focus on. If you are writing programs one-on-one, or general programs. General meaning for the public, template programs, something anyone can buy, anyone can do. This also counts if you're writing group programs for gyms or you run a gym where everyone comes in and there's a workout that everyone's supposed to do. And sure, maybe they adapt it or modify it a little bit, but that's the idea. Why are people not being compliant? Why don't people show up? Why aren't people completing the work? Especially because in most cases, They've paid for this. Why is the gym owner who you are trying to coach toward fixing their business, turning it around, giving them a career, not doing the work? What is it? What's going on? Why aren't people being compliant? Now, before we dig into this, I do think we need to carve out a moment to talk about one of the biggest lies that the fitness industry in general tells people. And that lie is, Well, you will get these results if you're compliant. My program works for anybody. Anyone can get fit doing this from 
you know, 18 to 80, as long as you show up and you're compliant, you will get these awesome results. That's not true. There is no one program that works for everybody. It doesn't matter how adaptable or modifiable or scalable you think your program is. It will not work for everybody. It probably won't work for most people because people have wide and varying needs. And if you think you run a program where everyone who's ever showed up has gotten the results if they're compliant, it means you're speaking to a very, very small segment of the population. And you just haven't experienced all of the people who wouldn't get results from your program. So let's set that aside. The, the, the knife that gets drawn of, well, if they were only compliant, they would have seen the results. Maybe. Certainly not complying with a program makes it unlikely you will get the results. However, many programs are not actually good fits for people. And if coaches and gyms were better at deciding and discerning and determining whether someone was actually a good fit for their program before they let them start on it, they would see not only greater compliance, but greater results and greater success across the board, and people would be singing their praises. So that, that's sort of the lie of the fitness industry around compliance. But turning back for the coaches, and whether you're coaching clients, coaching coaches, coaching businesses, all three, whatever level you're coaching at, why aren't people compliant with your program? I, I already believe we're going to go with the assumption that you're trying really hard, you believe in the value of the product you're delivering, and an effort is being made. If you're just mailing someone an ebook and then walking away and there's no follow-up, then it's unsurprising because that's such a minimal program. But what if, what if you're really doing the work? What if you're going one-on-one, whether it's client, coach, business owner, and you're spending time with them, and you're checking with them, and you're providing the work, and it's crafted to this person? Why aren't they complying? Well, the first reason I would suggest is because you don't actually care. And this is something that you really need to check in with. What do you feel when you notice that people aren't compliant? What do you feel when you notice things aren't happening? What do you feel when you talk to someone and go over the checklist you made two weeks ago on your call and absolutely none of it has been accomplished? Now, I'm not suggesting you need to be personally hurt by this because that's a whole different and danger as well to fall down. But you should be concerned. You should be worried. You should be alarmed. If you believe that your program is the right fit for this person, if you believe that what you're doing and what you're offering is the solution to a challenging problem, which is a high priority for them, and they're not doing the work which is going to solve this problem, that's, that should be a big alarm for you. It should worry you. You should want to take more and more steps and find other ways to pivot, to move, to intervene, to change your approach to make sure that your program gets implemented. If none of those things are happening, if you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, oh, yeah, yeah, here's another flake. I got another flake on my hands and they're just, they're not doing the work. So what are you going to do? I would suggest you're not invested enough in what you're doing 
and you might be happier in a slightly different niche of the industry or a slightly different version of what you're doing. Because if that's your reaction, then I think it's cause for concern. Sure, you're going to have flaky people. Sure, you will have people who say all the right things and present all the right ideas to get into your program. And then it turns out that they actually didn't mean any of it. You were lied to. You were given false information. But that should be relatively rare. So if your reaction, most of the time, when you see that someone isn't doing the work, and you try and make adjustments and it's still not happening, be, I believe, one of concern. And if you're not concerned, I don't think you actually care. And if you don't care, you shouldn't do this. Because the work is too hard and you're not going to be happy doing this. We should find another place for you to work. And it may be within exactly the organization you're working at now. But it's worth noting and worth if you need to bring it to someone, bringing it to someone and letting them know that this is how this is affecting you now. Because if I was in charge of coaches who coach other coaches, and I found out that you just didn't care when people didn't get the work done, I would want to move you somewhere else. Another reason why people aren't being compliant with your program is that your communication sucks. Yes, you have a great program. Yes, you're good at finding the right fit of person to go with your program. Let's work on those two assumptions. But you're not communicating well. People literally aren't hearing what you're saying. You're not directing them where they need to be directed. You may be analyzing their situation correctly and then not transmitting, transmitting it to them in a way that actually works. And take note that everyone's communication style is different and everyone's way in which they prefer to be communicated to and the way in which they can most effectively be communicated to is different. You may find someone that you need to create some graphics for. You may find someone you need to record video for. You may find someone who leaving voice notes for them is going to be the most effective way to communicate. Writing that essay is going to bounce right off their head. They're going to get three sentences in and then start scanning and then get distracted. And then it didn't happen. You literally didn't communicate it. Just because you wrote it down and sent it to them doesn't mean you adequately communicated what you were trying to communicate. Analyze that. Look in on it. How are, commu are you communicating with people? Are you communicating with every single person the exact same way? Yes, I am deeply aware that having systems in place and sort of a plan that you generally go through, generally for most people, works 100%. It's the only way to scale certain things. It's the only way to be efficient with your time. But recognize that you're going to have people who this doesn't work for and start creating other systems. What is your visual learner system going to look like? What is your auditory learner system going to look like? How are you going to work with these people? Or if you're not, you need part of your intake process to make sure that this person learns in the way that you prefer to communicate. That's an option. If that's your style and you're stuck to it, that is perfectly reasonable. But now it's your responsibility to make sure that's how people can be communicated to. Because if you're communicating in a way that isn't working for people, it's not their fault. It's your fault.
you take the blame, you shoulder all of it. And now the reason they're not being compliant is because you're literally not telling them what to do. They haven't been told you aren't guiding them. They are paying you money. They came to you for help. They have a problem which needs to be solved, which you know how to solve, and you're not telling them how to do it. Take a look at your roster of clients. Who isn't doing things and who do you note doesn't communicate in the way that everyone else communicates? If you have client feedback of any kind, whether it's daily, weekly, bi-monthly, however you do it, however you're communicating with people, note how they do it. Are they sending you videos? Are they writing emails? Are they leaving you voice notes? If you force them into written communication, are the answers very, very short? So short as to be almost useless. But if you get them on a 10-minute Zoom call, suddenly they're effusive and they can tell you everything that's going on. That's insight. Is it maybe more time-consuming? Maybe, but there's ways to scale that. There's ways to build systems around that. And now, if you want to work with people like this, it's your responsibility to refine this communication so you can adequately communicate with these people. Because right now, you're not. Right now, your communication sucks. Related, but not the same thing as this. If people aren't being compliant, it may be because you've done a poor job understanding either their history up to this point or their goals, or both. If someone isn't being compliant, and you aren't aware, let's say that this is a one-on-one client. You're a coach, they're a client, they are trying to improve their fitness, well-being, maybe come back from injury, whatever it is they're doing. And you haven't asked them about other coaches they've worked with in the past, or other programs they've worked with in the past, and what went well, and what didn't go well, and what they liked and what they hated, And you deliver them a three day a week system of remote programming where they're tracking everything they do about their lifestyle. And then you get a one on one call every six weeks. Perfectly reasonable system. But if you asked them and found out that they had done something extremely similar to that three or four times and it had never stuck, that needs to set off a little yellow flag for you. Not red but yellow. Oh, this hasn't worked before. And this is exactly the same thing that I'm about to sell this person. Yes, yes, I know your, your program is better and you're more individualized and you actually have the right answer if they're compliant. But they've tried other things that were probably pretty good. Maybe it's been one-on-one, maybe it's been general, but they haven't been compliant with those systems. So it's really worth digging into why that didn't work in the past and understanding their history before you even set off on a program. If you don't understand what they've done before, it's going to be very challenging to make sure you're successful because you don't understand what makes this person up. And their history is a huge part of that. The other side, which I mentioned, is you may not understand their goal. We've talked about goals a lot, but you have to dig in here. If someone comes to you and they're like, ah, I, just, I just want to get in shape. I just want to be fit. And you give them a program, you haven't the faintest idea what they're after. You literally don't know what they asked you for. People mean very different things by being fit. They have something specific in mind. They might be able to see it. They might be able to tell you about it. 
They might be able to compare it to other things. They have something very specific in mind. Does being in shape mean being able to walk down the stairs without pain? Does it mean being able to go on that ski vacation this year? Does it mean being able to compete at a high level in a sport? Does it mean being able to run 10 miles whenever they feel like it? Does it mean being able to work long hours, come home, and not be sore the next day? What do they mean by being fit? What are their goals? Get really specific and then say it back to them and say it in a couple of different ways. Okay, I want to recap to make sure I'm very clear. If we accomplished A, B, and C, would you consider that a success? And listen to them. Listen to how they say yes or no. Listen to what else they say. Be as clear as you can so you know where you're going. Because if people feel like they're not moving toward their goals, if they feel like it's not worth their time, if they start feel like their time is being wasted, and sure, your program may be incredibly valuable and be giving them things that you think are important, but if they don't think they're important, if they haven't been shown the value or shown how it relates to everything else they're doing, don't expect them to care because that would be unfair. If you don't understand their history and don't understand their goals, it's very unlikely they're going to be compliant even in the medium term, never mind the long term. There's a lot more to say about this, but I want to wrap this up soon. The last reason I would offer today that your people aren't being compliant, and this can be hard to hear sometimes, your people are the wrong people. By which I mean, you've done a bad job discerning which people are a good fit to work with you and your program. You may have an incredible program. You may be a top-level communicator. You may have an intake process, which makes it so clear. People's history and their goals, carving out all of this, and you can care deeply. But if you are working with the wrong people, it still won't work. And lots of things make people the wrong people. Maybe they aren't value aligned. Maybe they aren't actually a good fit for the kind of program you're running. If you're doing all remote training where they do the work on their own and they really need someone in the room with them in person, watching them to make sure that the thing happens and make sure it happens well at a high level, then you shouldn't take this person. If you only do remote and they need one-on-one, then they need one-on-one. If you're doing business coaching and this person needs to be checked in with every two days and have a face-to-face meeting once a week to make sure they're moving along because there's a lot going on and they're very busy and organization is not their, the thing that they shine at. Maybe it won't be that way forever, but there's lots of people who would thrive in that environment and who that's exactly what they need. And if your plan is to do a 20-minute check-in every six weeks, this is the wrong person for you. If we're doing one-on-one training, one-on-one fitness training, and someone comes to you and they're like, yep, you know, I just uh, want to get a little bit stronger. I wish my arms looked uh, you know, a little better, had a little more tone to them. And uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more daily energy. And then you find out that uh, it hurts all night when they sleep and they have shooting pains from their hip all the way down to their feet. And they have this uh, numbing sensation in their right hand that basically never goes away. 
that is outside of your scope as a coach. Now, the goals they stated to you are certainly within your scope, but it is now your responsibility to refer them to a medical professional because they need more help than you and they need it somewhat urgently. Certainly a lot more urgently than they need a little more tone in their arms. Maybe they can work with you at the same time, but now you have to refer them out to someone who's a better fit because you're not the right fit. A medical professional is the right fit. Work with that medical professional, arm your client with some questions, and maybe you can work with them later. There's a million things that can make your people the wrong people, but it's possible they're the wrong people. And I will only add one other thing onto this category, the your people are the wrong people category, is don't use it as a cop-out. Getting the right people who are a good fit is tough, and it is something you need to learn, and it's something I strongly suggest you make lists about. List what what are your what are the right kind of people do? Where do they hang out? What are their favorite things? How do they like to communicate? What are their goals? Where have they been? What kind of training have they done? What other programs have they done? Why do have things not worked in the past? Figure out who the right person is. And then figure out who the wrong person is. Make a list. Describe four or five people who would be the wrong fit to work with you. Even if you could solve their problems. What kind of people are the wrong fit to work with you? How do they present? And who would be a better fit to work with them? So when those people show up, you can figure that out. Because it'll punch you in the face. You'll say, oh, this is, this is person number three. This is exactly that that third person I described who isn't actually a good fit to work with me, but I have already determined that this kind of person would be a great fit to work with my colleague down the street or this online program that I know and trust or this medical professional who is part of my multidisciplinary team. When you have that answer and you can make that referral, it builds credibility and everyone ends up happier. You're not working with the wrong person. The client isn't working somewhere where they're not a good fit. And the person you referred them to thinks the world of you because now they got someone who is the perfect fit to work with them. And they will send you people who are a good fit to work with you. And you can make that crystal clear to the people that you're referring to. Why you are sending them to them and what might have made them a good fit that isn't present right now. It's a good thing to explain to the people that you refer to. I think we're going to leave it there on consistency and compliance and why it is so hard for your clients and why it might be worth taking a really good look inward at what's going on. My name is Justin McClintock. Feel strong. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. Check out the website for more information at feelstrong.me. Please like, subscribe. If you can leave a written review wherever you buy your podcasts, that actually makes a really big difference and we appreciate it. If you've had a setback, if you want more out of life but you're not sure how to move forward, get in touch. If we can help, we will.